Yo, Jess. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, T-Tail. Conversations of the Heart. <clears throat> Season 2, Episode 19. We're talking safe spaces. <clears throat> with, with my brothers. Jamal and my boy, Ron. Excuse my voice. Lost my voice a couple days. You know what I'm saying? But uh we're gonna make sure I'm sipping this head tea. So uh we're gonna see who's in the building. See my boy. <clears throat> yo. Yo, 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 yo. What up, what up, what up, what up? My brother, what's going on with you, man? Man, I'm in here burning up. I had to turn the air on up in my apartment. This shit is crazy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> outside, man. Yo. What's going on. So listen, we gonna we gonna get into this talk, um, but first, you know, since since we have a couple time, you know, a little time while we wait for for Ron to come on here, Mister Orange. You know, <laughs> Yeah, 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 you already know. Um, so it gives you the opportunity to kind of tell the people, you know what I'm saying, just who you are and what you do um, on all levels, you know what I'm saying, um, and, and where they can find you and some of the projects that, you, that you're working on because I know you're working on a bunch of projects, so you know what I mean, just tell the people. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, my name is Jamal. I'm, um, some of you guys might know me, some of you may not. Um, I'm from Richmond. Um, I live in Brooklyn now. Um, I'm yeah. I'm an artist. I paint. Uh, I draw. Um, I do a lot of uh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. You said paint and draw. Okay. A man of many talents. That's what we all here. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out you can see that over there too. I, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do music. Um, I work with young people. I'm a director over at an organization in Brooklyn, a pretty cool nonprofit. Um, what else? Yeah, man, I, I do it all, man. I, I don't like to label myself because I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, don't hold me to it. So, you know, I like to present because you're an artist, yeah, and, I'm a, and, and, and you're sensitive about your <laughs> so you know, <laughs> uh, man. So, what projects are you working on now? Because I, I know you in the films and the commercials, and you all over the place. Yeah, man. So I just uh, completed two commercials within the past, I guess, about two weeks. One just last weekend for a, a men's skincare brand. Um, and another one, you know, the next one I don't want to say yet because I don't know whether it's going to come out or not. But I can't <laughs> but I can tell you the uh, the men's skincare brand uh, commercial I just completed. Um, that should be out soon. And I'm going to post it on my Instagram as soon as, um, you know, Get that on the streets and i'm always working on something man i'm always working on something always you know keep my hand busy keep keeping uh keeping my mind active i get bored even. nah you're absolutely right about that um and just on cue you know our brother just popped on mr ronald always on time <laughs> that's him though you know what i'm saying he gotta make the grand you know what i'm saying he gotta get the grand entrance you gotta give us a grand interest. I thought that was my role, man. What's going on, Ronald? It seemed like y'all switched roles today. Listen, 
Listen, I, I don't mind. That's my brother. What's going on, oh. man? We ain't had no Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Ain't going Damn, man. He, he out the gate. <laughs> he out the gate, man. <laughs> What's going on, family? Of course, um, special, <clears throat> excuse me, special, um, special entrance. You know what I'm saying? You already know. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. So, um, Jamal just gave his intro about who he is, what he does, and, and some of the projects that that he's involved in. So, you know, I'm, I'm gonna let the people who may not know you, um, because most people probably know know y'all both. You know what I mean? So, you know, but I'm gonna let the people who don't know you, Ron, just tell them a little bit about you. Um, what and what you do, um, and what projects you're working on, and where they can find you. Um, well, the name is Ronald Smith II. I am a uh, actor, a youth advocate. Um, I have a long history of working in nonprofits. To me, that is a uh, a second passion of mine. I take it very seriously. It gives me an uh, opportunity to uh, directly give back to my neighborhood. You know, directly give back to the demographic that I've grown up in, uh, being mm. uh, inner city youth in New York myself. Um, I'm an actor. Um, if you want to uh, watch any of my projects, um, I still have a uh, bittersweet series season one up on YouTube. You can catch me on the app, which is now streaming internationally on Amazon prime. Um, you can catch me in angry people on YouTube. You can catch me on uh, timeless guilt on here TV. Uh, I just came back from Atlanta uh, where I shot a film called uh, the curse within, which I'm extremely excited for people to see when it's ready. Um, I spent months preparing for that role, and I will honestly say that is the <laughs> best film performance I've done as of yet. So I'm ex super excited for uh, that to be done for people to uh, see it. Me too, me too, me too. Man, me too. Yo, I'm also waiting on season two of that thing. Um, that one with uh, it's that relationship comedy series that I yeah, told you I really like. Yeah, bit of, Bittersweet Series. That's bittersweet. in the works yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the works too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need season two of the ASAP. Yeah, yeah, that's in the works too. So, yeah, this is, God is good, man. What can I say? God is good. All the time, right? Yeah, so, all the time. So, y'all got to bear with me. Um, I've been under the weather the last couple of days and I lost my voice su uh, Sunday and Monday. So you should make that, a, you should add something to it and make that a hot toddy. Uh, uh, sir, uh, no, sir. I'm just drinking this tea right here, sir. That's what I'm drinking. I know, sir. Uh, oh, we've had enough of that over the weekend, sir. Tell me why I'm in it predicament right now. So I can dig it. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all doing this, man. Um, so we're gonna have this conversation surrounding manhood. So let's let's start off with manhood because there there's many definitions and everybody has their definitions of what they believe man and manhood to, to be. So um, I'll let you know Ron go first. Like, what do you think as far as the definition of manhood is to you? Like, what does manhood mean to you? Uh, for me, that is a uh, very uh, broad question. There are so many different types of men. I don't mm -hmm. think that we can choose specific things that create this one version of manhood, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, who's to say that someone who's not as aggressive or brash as someone like me may be, he's a, just a different type of man, you know what I mean? So I think if I had to narrow it down to certain qualities... Uh, providing, I don't care what, you know, your situation is, what sort of relationship you're in. You should be a provider for your partner, you know, um, taking care of your family. 
outside of God, your family should be coming number your, your family should be coming number two, and your family takes precedence over a lot. Um, being a good leader, and while being a good leader, you have to be an even better follower. In order to be a great teacher, you have to be a better student. And me being a you know me being a man of God, I honestly you know what I follow is that I can never I can never be the person to lead my family unless I learn how to follow Him, and that even goes down into regular life. I mean, think about the conversations that you, you know, that we have offline where I soak in knowledge from the two of you. It's because I, I'm humble enough to sit here and be a better student than I am a leader. Mm, that's powerful. Now, when you say provider, now, yes. now when you say provider, now everybody, now most people, not all, but most people is going to say that's a singular term, right? As far as providing one thing. Yeah. Um, so in terms of providership, what do you consider providership? I consider providership deeper than anything financial. A lot of times when it comes to relationships, and I'm learning this in my personal life, you know, from the dating game to even my family, oftentimes we, when it comes <clears throat> to our feelings, our preferences, we always put them first instead of sitting here and providing, providing other parts of ourselves in order to sit here and lift the next person up. You know what I mean? The man walks in the room, everything has to stop. You know, the man. So when I say being a provider, I'm talking about being there for whoever, you know, your partner is, whoever your family members are who may need you, providing those parts of yourself that you wouldn't necessarily provide to the average person, whether it's uh, a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, uh, a testimony that you need to share. You know what I mean? Maybe it's them seeing you cry to let them know, hey, it's okay for me to do it as well. Providing those things that you don't provide for the, reg for the regular people. Beautiful. Jamal. I, I can't even follow up all of that. Ronald is a whole dictionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I will say, uh, just to put everything like in a nutshell, and the first thing you said, I think one thing I, I can definitely say about manhood, it is not one thing. Um, there are certain foundational principles in being a leader, being trustworthy, having integrity. Um, being a person as a man of your word, but just in terms of a way of living, certain things is just so broad because, you know, the problem is we do get into these labels or feel like, you know, in order to do this, you're a man, or if you don't do this, you're not a man, or if you don't, because you got to think about even just in terms of financial, right? A lot of men might feel that they're less than because they can't provide or their jobs, you know, they may make, like, may make less than their woman or they may, you know, not have a certain amount of reason. Um, but I think those foundations in manhood um, has to be pushed and understood. Um, that's what makes it. But it's, it's a really broad thing, and I really like to you know, even have these conversations to get everybody's perspective on the, you know, my manhood is those foundational principles, but not because it's, uh, it's so broad. No, it, it is broad, and, and that's why I wanted to ask the question, because I wanted you guys to kind of narrow it down to what, to what you guys felt, you know, and I think, um, because you're right, it's a very broad question, and that could vary from person to person, man to man, right? But I think society pushes us into this space of just, this is what we are, right? And this is the only, this is the only place that we could operate in, right? But, but being a man, it, it's actually like, when you really think about it, Manhood, it's like you said, it's so much more, right? And if you start cultivating these these types of conversations, then we can start having open dialogue so that we can now raise gen different generations from boys to men 
You know what I'm saying? And that's where we all met. Like, we all met, ironically, we're a, a working with the youth. Working with the youth. Right? Youth. That's how we all got together um, and formed our friendship and, and, and our bond. And I'm forever grateful for that, man. So definitely, I'm definitely if, if, if there's anything that came out of that place, if there's anything that came out of that place, it was y'all two brothers, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Even though it was a little rough in there, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It was between, a little rough in there. Between the brotherhood and y'all growing out the beers, man, there was a lot that came out of that place. I, I didn't get that <laughs> part, though. Y'all didn't give me the memo. <laughs> I had to make when I was there. The beer came afterwards. I think it was the stress from dealing with them. About that right now. We're going to keep it positive. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep it positive, but we're going to keep it great. Those are, y'all already know how I feel about it. Right, never mind. So, um, so when it comes to like you, Ron, you mentioned faith. How has faith strengthened like you, just being being and just being a man? Like, how has your faith strengthened you in being a man? Um, I would say the 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 area that it's helped that where my faith has helped me out the most is number one, uh, teaching me not to get down on myself teaching me just how much is out there for me and just because the world is telling me I'm not doing something right or I should be doing something else doesn't mean that they're right. You know, I've realized that through my faith, I spend so much more time unlearning the things that were poured into me growing up. Like, oh, this is what you need to be as a man. I'm spending so much time unlearning those things. And now here I am at 33, like, well, like, well, well what do I do now? You know, but you continue to learn. You continue to be the student. You continue to unlearn those foolish things that we were taught. Mm. Change it so that this way we're not teaching our our following generation the same. Mm. Like oh, what about you? No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go Same thing. My faith is really giving me uh, what I call boundary moving forward and growing. And boundary, you know, don't go too far over here and don't go too far over there. So it kind of just, it, it gives me, you know, like when you bowling, doing a kitty bowl, put the little joints in the gutters. That's really mm. how they did try to crack. Um, so, and again, because being a man is a constant, constantly evolving thing. Um, what manhood is for you at 16, at 21, at 25, at 30, it's different. So you have to kind of help you, boundaries and kind of help you uh, move forward in your um, easy to move on that path, but I was definitely boundaries and kind of lets me know how to move. Man, that's man, that's dope. And when it comes to boundaries, right, Jamal? Like Jamal wants to go get something. He wants to go get something. <laughs> you know, so I don't in Houston on a yo. I need to go get my cow real quick. <laughs> go ahead. All right, so Ron, so we're gonna to touch on something real quick about about uh, man, what'd you get? Damn, that was quick, bro. All right, I just had to get a, a t bro. It's like a thousand degrees. Oh, you starting to sweat like oh man, you starting to sweat like a Baptist preacher. All right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about. I know it's kind of, you know, it's not really meant well. It's just now starting to be mentioned, I think, a lot with manhood, but vulnerability. You know, uh, Jamal, I'm, I'm going to start with you on, on this one. So when it comes to vulnerability and manhood, 
right? Like, that's something that I think for us, or for a lot of us, we struggle with. You know what I'm saying? Because we get judged on it because those are things that we shouldn't be, right? Like, being, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't like vulnerable. Like, you know what I mean? Vulnerable is weakness. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody needs to see us in that light, right? But how has, like, like what has your journey been with, with vulnerability? So everybody that knows me knows I'm a very specific kind of guy when it comes to emotions, uh, telling my bit. You know, like I'm I'm real cool on all. So what I um, when you and I spoke about you know the, the grief and uh, grieving last on your show, um, that was a huge step for me, man. Um, just in terms of exposing myself because. You know, even y'all know, you know, I tell y'all what you know me, but you know, I'm I'm cool. You know what I mean? But you know, having those moments of being able to really express yourself and not even care about the, the how it looks, um, how it's perceived, or even think about, you know, your self perception in that way, that's a big step in being vulnerable. And I think for me it's an ongoing thing. And understand <clears throat> that it's it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to uh, you know, show emotion. It's okay to show both anger and humor. So, you know, I think in um, growing up and evolving, you understand that vulnerability can be strength because, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I've heard people say the saying, um, tell your truth so nobody can't use it against you. And that's ultimately what vulnerability is. It's you owning every part of yourself and you being, you know, man enough to say, I find you know, so I, that's really important. Um, but it, it's constantly evolving. Um, I'd be honest, especially, you know, you know, growing up in the South, it's so many components of that right there. But, again, the older I'm getting, the more mature I'm getting, the more I'm evolving. I'm understanding myself, you know, being vulnerable to school. Yeah. Mm, dope. more. Uh, Ron, so what about your journey over vulnerability? Um, my journey has had some similarities um, in the sense of like where it's constantly evolving. I think uh, for me, I got to take it back to unlearning, you know, because, uh, you know, like when I grew up, like me growing up, especially like as a kid, I was I was bullied, you know, bullied by my older brother, bullied by my older cousins, you know. They thought I was too soft. I was the one that was always in the books and, you know, things of that nature. And for me, in order to stop getting bullied, I had to become the bully. I couldn't cry in front of people. And for me, like, that was that was a hard thing because I'm a crier. Like, I can get really mad and want to fight and the tears will start coming. And then, oh, look, he's crying now. All right, you know mm-hmm. what? Now I'm a stone cold stunner you, you know? <laughs> so for me, the... uh now that I'm now that I'm older and I'm unlearning certain things, for me it's like, man, I'm taking away my defense mechanism. I'm taking away what is what helped me survive, you know? And Ooh. so yeah, I, I definitely understand like the uh I'm 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 learning to understand the value of being vulnerable, being value being vulnerable with the people that you love, the people that you know you can trust, you know, and putting that trust in them in order to, you know, be your support you know, or be your defense mechanism outside of like just being closed off, you know, because I've realized that, um, you know, especially like going to therapy, 
a lack of vulnerability led to a lot of what I was dealing with when it came down to depression, when it came down to anxiety, you know, me sitting here being able to pick up the phone and call you, call Jamal and say, hey, bro, I'm feeling unloved right now. I'm not feeling confident in myself right now. Something like that and letting your brothers be your support system, that that, that matters a lot. And it, the way it helps you grow is like unspeakable, you know, but it's like it's it's a process of the unlearning and I'm still unlearning. I'm still unlearning and I'm still trying to grow through it. Mm. So you said something there is that you can actually pick up the phone um, and call us, you know, at yeah. any time, you know, and and, that, and, and that's why I kind of named the, the, the episode um, safe spaces because I feel like in our community, like we all have to, especially for men, like we really have to create safe spaces for each other to have these types of conversations, right? You know what I'm saying? It's because that helps us as men, you know what I'm saying? Because it lets us know, number one, that we're not alone. Yeah. You know, because a, a lot of men feel like, yo, I'm just alone, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And nobody understands me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there was a post recently where they were talking about suicide rates with men and things mm -hmm. like that. And when you look at the comments, all the guys were saying, Yes, because nobody cares. I'm by myself. I might be with somebody, yeah. but nobody cares. It's like a mental, it's like you're in a, a, a mental solitary confinement 24-7. Yeah. Right? But it's when like, you, you know, know yeah. Then no, no, I was going to say, I was actually <clears throat> just having that conversation with someone uh, last night, and it's crazy because this is a conversation with a black woman just about reverting back into like the lone wolf mentality. Because man or woman in the black community, that lone wolf mentality is our safeguard. That's that's what saves us. We uh we go into that mode of fuck it, I'll do it myself. Fuck it, I'll handle it. Fuck it, I'll get over it. Fuck it, I'll deal with it myself. The same it helped me before, it'll help me now. Not realizing that as we get older, and and just to quote Game of Thrones, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Bars. Bars. You know, I've never seen an episode, but whoa, it was I great talking to y'all. It, it was great talking <laughs> to y'all tonight. <laughs> I'm with them, all right. <laughs> I've never seen an episode. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, Everybody you know, said it's, it's a good it's, show. It's uh, you know, it's just one of those things that remind me that yeah, no matter anything that's accomplished in life, it never happens alone. It never happens alone. You know, even when you hear the stories and, you know, I know Jamal can definitely relate to this, both of us being in the acting industry. And then you hear the stories about this overnight celebrity, oh, this overnight success. And I think Kevin Hart said it best, but he's like, man, it's, nothing was overnight. I've been in this game for 20 years, you know, and he talks about the way his team helped him, which is why his team is still with him. You know what I mean? Because he needed his pack to survive. He needed his pack to elevate him. You know, and like I said, I mean, I can't even just put that on black men because that's there for black women as well, where it's like, yeah. They, they, well, I they... think, I think in our community, I think, um, we, like, we say things a lot, you know, like, you know, like, we came into this world by ourselves, we're going to die by ourselves, right? And it only takes the village to raise a child. That's the only time when it's acceptable, yeah. right, that to have help is when there's children involved, Right. But adults need it too. Teenagers need it too. Adults need it too. 
Young yeah. adults need it too, right? So some um, that, that, that people uh, come in our community, um, and it's not even just in our community, just in general, it's be a man, right? So be a man is always tethered with do it yourself, figure out how to do it, be a man. So though that mantra is something that I think we being a man by trying to, you know, pick up the whole couch by ourselves and throw it on the back, walk it up the back, you know, because we're a man, that's what you're supposed to do. When in all actuality, you know, we can go at it way better and get more stuff done if, you know, to actively do relationships with other people um, in order to put stuff forward. But sometimes we like the look of ourselves, you know, being a road director. Food, I cleaned up afterwards. So I tried it. Like the whole, like we like to look at that man. So that's going back to even talking about man, but it's broad term. How did the disabled a lot of um, because we thought we had to do a certain way because what men do. But that information came from people that didn't really have a solid understanding look at it as um, just a label and not something that is the lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. That's real, that's real shit. And, and that's, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, you guys both hit it, hit the head right there in the nail, man. I don't even need to really go further with that part of it. Um, so another thing that a lot of men get, get, get slapped for, is communication or lack of, right? Um, the ability to, right? Or the ability to know how to effectively communicate. Uh, and and a communication can, be, can, can mean listening to, can it mean, you know, of course, speaking, um, but effectively communicating. Um, and, and a part of that is it's, uh, a lot of it is vulnerability, right? A, a, a lot of it is in order to communicate effectively, you've got to be vulnerable. Because with various different topics, right? Because here's because here's the honest truth. If if men honestly, yo, me, all three of us can go right now to a bar right now, watch and watch the game, and go crazy and have if an in depth analysis about the game, what happened, the scores, and everything else, right? I mean, that, that ain't a problem, man. That's no problem for us. Facts, right? But when it comes to maybe communicating with your lady. You know, it could be com- communicating in, in business, various different arenas. It's like, well, men don't know how to communicate. Um, so I guess I'll I, I, I go back to Jamal on this one because I, I hit around the first two. So when it comes to your journey with communication, right, and being vulnerable with your communication and communicating effectively, like what has your journey been like from, like a, um, from being a, a young adult until now uh, with communication effectively? Communicating effectively, excuse me. It's been a train wreck. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the honesty. Mel, what up, Mel? Yo. Like, thank you, Mel. <laughs> Yo, the whole time you were asking a question, I looked at his face. I said, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, wait. I love it, though. I, I love it. That's honest. <laughs> Um, so, really, this, and I can imagine so many guys go through the same thing, uh, the, the same story that I have. Um, 
you know, what happens is this. You're vulnerable at some point in your life. And <laughs> after that moment of somebody taking that level of being vulnerable and you don't mind being vulnerable with them, at that point, you're like, shit, ain't nobody hurt me again. I'm like this for the next, you know, 30 years. So that <laughs> mirrors every other guy's story out here. Um, you know, when you're 16, you get in a relationship, you know, and then it's certain things you might say get thrown back in your face, and it's kind of like, all right, I ain't never talked about it in my business. And so that right there and that lack of um, trust is um, something that, you know, we definitely deal with. It's something that I've definitely dealt with. Um, and in becoming an adult and becoming a man and, and evolving and maturing, you understand that, uh, again, there's power, power in trusting people. Um, because ultimately, you got it's your truth. This is who you are. And if you don't own it and you don't say who you are, somebody can do it against you. So I, I try to live by that and be as honest and forthright as possible. That's not saying I'm going around, you know, sharing my COVID results with everybody or, you know, just telling my business. But um, to people that I do, I know it's good soil and it's good ground, um, I definitely make sure so I'm keeping those lines of communication. You know, Ronald can tell you sometimes, you know, I hit, hit him up, be like, yo, we need some brother. I got some. You know, I got, you know, I, I have something on my mind. So, again, it's about understanding that, you know, where is a good place to carry. But more than anything, it's a, it's a constantly evolving process. I'm not where I want to be. You know, my level of vulnerability, uh, being comfortable with trusting people with, you know, my personal stuff. But, again, it's, it's, I'm not where I was, you know, years ago. Not where I was either. So it's it's a constantly evolving process. That's fire, bro. I appreciate the honesty too and transparency though. That's dope. Wow. Uh <laughs> oh God. I, I won't say mine has been a train wreck. Uh <laughs> but I've learned to value the different aspects of communication. Uh like for example, I've learned to value arguments, you know. I've learned to value the argument because it shows, and when I say argument, I mean a healthy argument, like not throwing jabs back and forth, not even raising your voice, but just having that disagreement, having that difficult conversation, whether it's with a friend, a lover, a parent, whatever, just being able to have those uncomfortable conversations. And I've learned to appreciate them because it, for me, it showed that, for me, it started to show me that that person is willing to go into the ring with me. They're willing to fight for the same thing I'm willing to fight for, because I'm not arguing for anything I don't really give a fuck about. But if that person is willing to disagree with me, go back and forth with me until we, you know, come up with a solution or we just agree to disagree, then, you know, that's what it is. You know what I mean? And in so many aspects of my life, like, you know, in well, so many different relationships of my life, those things have happened where, you know, there are just disagreements. Like, you know, my big bro Dante jumped on. I saw him. Not only is he, not only is he my brother, but he's also my business partner. We have disagreements all the time. We'll be in the kitchen <laughs> till five o'clock in the morning just disagreeing. Then it's like, all right, man, well, fuck it. But it shows that, all right, we both want the same thing. We're willing to, however, wherever it goes, we're willing to, you know, go that route. We're willing to do that. We're willing to take the argument. But another part of the communication that I've grown to really appreciate and value, and I'm going to just keep it a buck, shutting the fuck up. I've learned that at times I need to just shut the fuck up. 
and not just verbally. I need to shut the fuck up here too. Because so many times in communication, we spend time thinking about what we want to say in response, as opposed to actually taking in the soaking in what the person was saying. Like even with my sister, yep. you know, I have, you know, there are times where like, all right, cool. I need to like take the step back and fully download what she's be what she's saying to me. You know what I mean? Because once I fully download it, or once I fully listen, give it my undivided attention and shut the fuck up, I'll understand where certain things come from, like joy, pain, hurt, whatever. You know what I mean? So for me, in regards to communication, I, <laughs> I've, I've learned to appreciate the arguments and the, the practice of shutting the fuck up. <laughs> I love it. So comment from Mel said, communication starts in the home for both genders. There should be family roundtables set up to discuss topics with children to develop uh, language towards success. Uh, technology has completely replaced face-to-face -face communication, even in the workspaces. So we need to be more intentional moving forward and get back to the basics. I mean, that that's that's very true. You know, um, especially with, you know, phones and iPads and stuff like that. You know, I think back in the day, like, we all used to go outside, play ball with each other, talk, and do all that stuff. Now, you see kids, they just lined up next to each other with iPads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they don't even talk. They don't even say nothing to each other. It's, it's just, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, so that's absolutely um, um, a valid point. So when it comes to... So hold up, hold up. Yeah. Can I play devil's advocate on that point real quick? Sure. Because a lot of people from our generation, we all, we all, yeah, you know, face-to-face -face conversations. You know, people need to interact more. People need to do X, Y, and Z. But if we keep, like, if we keep it a hundred, the world's not going back to that. Unless the zombie apocalypse starts, we're not going back to a bunch of face-to-face -face conversations. So how do we challenge ourselves to utilize the way that the world is right now in order to make those things happen? Well, I think one of the things... Um, I, was, I, I, I was asking you, but I'm more so asking uh, M. Pena okay. 580. All right. So we'll give us some time to respond to that. Yeah, but um, you, you could jump to your next question in the meantime, though. I just wanted to play devil's advocate real quick. <laughs> Ronald, let me just... Come on, man. Let me say something there real quick. Ultimately, and as you start with the pandemic, we're always trying to find each other again. People, we're always trying to find each other again. We're trying to get out the house. We're trying to get from behind the computer. We're breaking protocol in order to... Real replacement for that face-to-face -face interaction. Now, of course... You know, technology makes everything convenient. Technology makes everything easy. But just in terms of actual interaction, people, you know, being together. I mean, ultimately, we're a social creature. So, yeah. you know, beyond just the iPad and the Instagram or what have you, we're always going yeah. to be if we want to see each other. Because, I mean, ultimately, you know, people want to knock boots. So it's like, you know, you, you got to have, you know, that, <laughs> that level of interaction in order. You know what I mean? So we, we're, we're social creatures, so I don't think that's ever going to go away. I think technology is technology a way for us to connect with more people and to expand our reach. But I think ultimately face-to-face -face interaction, you know, will never go out of style. Think about it. In Atlanta, it got so, during the, the pandemic, you know, it just never closed. Bodies dropping. We we not closing. We turning up. We in these streets. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like we just 
got chances because we want to be around people that bad because humans are social creatures. People were in this in quarantine going crazy because they were by themselves for so long, you know, and no matter how much, you know, versus Instagram live, uh, you know, just all these different things we have in order to keep us connected. We want to see each other. We want to be in the presence of another human. Um, and so that's one of those, I don't think it's ever going to bow and no matter how many, you know, new holograms, technology, whatever it is, we're going to want to see people. We're going to want to interact with other That's people. true. That's true. All right. Let's see about this answer, man. Uh, oh, man. Oh, it says, so we need to be intentional about the spaces we are tuning into and what's being shared, starting from parents monitoring what their children are doing uh, to young adults, uh, being aware of of where they... I guess I guess she's gonna continue. So so far, there's the. Hmm? No, no. Go ahead. No, I was saying, does that kind of answer your question? Uh, They just and Penny just finished. All right, of where they are spending their time and money. Movement does not always equate to progress, so the intention (laughs) must be must be at the forefront. Could definitely respect that answer. Can definitely respect that answer, and yours as well, Jamal. I was I was waiting for M Penny to respond. Cause I'm like, man, Jamal remind me of one of those teachers. Like, come on, listen, think about this answer. You got this. No, no, no. Move your finger down. That's the one. Good job. <laughs> Yo. So when it comes to, I mean, now this is like a loaded question. Um. But when it comes to like relationships with the opposite sex, right? Um, as like as far as like manhood, right? Like how has that impacted your your walk? In you said as you, you said as you said as far as manhood, Rel- like relationships with the opposite sex, right? Because some, sometimes in in relationships, it, it could affect how a, a man thinks about himself. Yeah, and and his walk in life. As, as, as Jamal said, from a young age, at the age of sixteen, you're 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 out there being vulnerable. You say the wrong thing, and next thing you know, somebody might spill the beans or or, or talk crazy, or you know what I'm saying, or, or, or do stuff like that. And then now your walk in manhood has shifted, and now you're walking in a different alignment, right? So, I guess so. The question is, I'm wrong. Like, how has relationships with the opposite sex impacted your your walk with manhood? Or in manhood, too. My relationship with the opposite sex has taught me just how wrong I've been in a lot of different ways. Um, Mm. You know, like, I mean, given every man will always argue, oh, God created man first, but there's a reason why he gave, gave the man a partner. And he didn't give the man a partner for you to mistreat them. He didn't give you, give the man a partner for you to not listen to her, not, no, he gave you a partner for a reason, you know, and, um, you know, it's also exposed a lot of things that I didn't realize that I battled with, you know, one of the mm-hmm. things that came up was jealousy, like I found myself holding on to certain things, and I had to be vulnerable enough to speak on it, like, hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling today, this is what made me feel this way, you know, this is what I'm struggling with today, and then we, you know, we just talk about it. You know, there'll be times where it's like, hey, I'm feeling insecure today, you know, and 
as a man, you know, you don't always sit here, you know, as a man, nobody expects you to just be like, oh, well, you know, you, you, are, you are hunted all the time. But no, I mean, I've, I've even had to open up and say, hey, listen, I feel insecure today. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I thank God for the women that he's brought into my life. But it's always followed up with the like, do you know how fine you are? Well, you better, you know what I mean? Just that encouragement, that cheerleader for the sec- for a moment. You know what I mean? It's also like like I said, it's also taught me just how much I need to unlearn. Um, like in like for instance, uh I God knows I love smart women. Here I am, I got my little bachelor's degree, you know, I got my little acting degree. But man, I go I go for the doctors, the lawyers, like, I, I, that's who I want. I want the intelligent conversations. I want all of that, you know, and essentially, especially when it comes to the nine to five that I work and the nine to five that they work, they're, they're going to make more money. I've, I don't think I've ever been with a woman that I've made more money than, but you want to know something that I've learned from the opposite sex about being a man? The men who taught me stupid as hell, what the hell you want with some broke ass woman for? Hell no, my woman better get that bag. What you talking about? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still paying for a lot. But <laughs> you ain't freeloading neither. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would I want a woman that depends on me? I'd much rather have the woman who wants me, not the one who needs me. There's nothing more attractive than a woman that wants you and doesn't need you. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's <laughs> that's what women have taught me about Manhood. Jamal. I'm waiting on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> Let's go. So I would say, be, you know, frank, uh, open. I'm start by saying this. I feel like in relationship, um, women put you in certain positions that you and express yourselves in ways that you never thought that that was or you might do things that you never thought you did and this is good um so and being a man honestly and, and i would just say you know just for right now I would, um i learned so much about myself and just even in terms of just surviving um having to show up having to do things um my girl on the side of on the side of the road, you know, flat tire. I got to go figure out, you know what I mean? Like, no. I have been in, in the middle of Holland Tunnel trying to figure out how to change a tire where people, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's things like that, that um, you learn more about yourself. So I feel, you know, being in, being in those um, positive in terms of learning yourself and stretching yourself and things you never thought you had to do. Um, and there's a flip side of that. We're going to get on that later. But, you know, it's, it's the, the first part of your question. We're going to get to the smoke. <laughs> you know oh, we're going to get to the smoke. You know my way. <laughs> but, no, um, in relationships, I think just are there to, to help you discover different things about yourself. Literally. Um, and you learn things about yourself. You learn how to expand whatever you thought you knew. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, and, you know, we stand on certain things. Now, this is what I, type of person I am. Now, when you get into a relationship with a person that might challenge them and challenge everything you thought you knew, everything you thought you, how you thought you functioned, all of that stuff, um, 
it's a great thing. And a lot of times men take it as a slight to their ego when a woman might talk back or when a, you know, they challenge them a little bit. But you want you want to have somebody that, you know, got as equal smoke for you as you have them. Because mm-hmm. like yeah. the Bible says, iron shopping's iron. You don't throw mm-hmm. that way. Having these debates, having these debates on, you know, people's personal philosophy, what you think about things, it's important. A lot of times in you know, a lot of times we don't show up as our true self. And so you don't have these conversations. You don't have those uncomfortable moments because you don't want the other person. Um, but it's important uh, in understanding the value in mm. So I think um, from, 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 from me, I think um, and in relationships, I feel like women, I, I think, can be like your biggest, your biggest supporter. And I think, because even when I look down the list of my friends, and I even just say friendships, like just relationships and friendships, like, yeah, yo, like they they ride, like they ride, like for like if they mess with you, even on a friendship level, let's start there. Like if they rock with you, yo, they go a thousand, and you're like, man, like yo, like that. That type of love and support is 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 priceless. You know what I'm saying? And 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 the same applies for you know the your girlfriend or wife or something like that. Like they like they could be your biggest asset. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I think um is so important is that when you find the right one. You know what I'm saying? Because like when you look at your homegirls like and you see how like they, they ride for you like crazy. Like imagine what would happen if you found that right one. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and even even done. even even the Bible says if you find a, if you find a wife, you find a good thing. You find a wife, you find a gift. Like it specifically mm-hmm. says a gift. If you think about what a gift is to you, that's what God is saying that you found when you found the right woman. Right. A man is a man isn't meant to do all this stuff on his own. He's supposed to have mm-hmm. that partner. The man is the head of the household, but the woman is the neck. The man, yeah. Now hold up. Where am I going? You need that. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You need the neck. Pause. You need the neck. That's some Harlem shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, in, I said, in, I said, pause. I said, pause. I, yeah. and, and, and growing up and evolving, I don't even think it's really important to have a good woman all the time. We just out here dating because you need to know what the other side looks like too. Um, oh, I think I think we all know what that side looks like. See the but, thing, but 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 but. Transparent for me, I didn't know what the other side looked like for a while. Mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I had, you know, I ran into a lot of good women throughout my life. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, when you get older, it's like, oh wow, you know, all women aren't good women, you know. But it's it's that's important because at that point, you know, what to look for and even like I said, if you use how they're supposed to be used, you're going to grow from that. You're going to um, add something to your, you know, mental arsenal. Based on that, um, so I think you know on both sides. I think you know it's important to when you're dating, when you're getting to know women. Like just because don't look how you think they're supposed to look, and the package isn't how it's supposed to come in, that can be a learning experience, and that's something that mm-hmm. you know, had to deal with. And um, I don't regret it at all. No, I mean not every L you take. You know, what I'm saying you know it's, it's not a loss; it's, it's a complete lesson. You know what I'm saying? And 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 especially, like, when it comes to, to relationships. And, like, if you always just had great relationships, like, you would never, ever even get a chance to learn just who you were. 
Right. And just yeah. what your non-negotiables are, what you really want, yeah, versus what you thought you really wanted, and what you and really, really what you wanted versus what you needed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because some of us want certain things, but then like once you get into that situation, you're like, man, but I ain't need that though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because those wants come with a lot of things you don't need. Yeah. And I think and I think that that's that that that's a lot that happens when you run into those types of relationships and they're uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? It's not pleasant. You go through a lot of just, just different things, but then coming out of it, if you do the process the right way, yeah. you'll come out of it a completely better person. You know what I'm saying? A completely better man or and uh, as as an individual. But you know um authority right there. Up? That comes with maturity and that comes with understanding that every situation you are presented with um it's not you know what happens to you it's like you do for you learn from you. smarter about something. you look at people a different way um and not and again not a negative way it's um again it's what does it mean for you and i think that's one thing the biggest thing i've learned out of you know you know nobody didn't me wrong you know and even on the surface i may have felt like you know damn, I got screwed over. But it's kind of like, what did you learn from that? Now this person put you in a position that you're going to go out in the street now and you know so much more than you know in that first and you're not operating from a space naive day. And so that's kind of how I had to look at, you know, my situation. Right. And I think um, in order to get to that part, and that's why I say, like, when you do the work. Yeah. And a lot of it is, uh, and a lot of it is, I know what you do, I know what you do, and I know what I do, is we've gone therapy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know this for a reason. This therapy is from, for men too, because it is. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we need somebody, like, we need that outlet. Because a lot of us, like, when we get out of certain situations and we don't have that, that structure and that place to go, we don't take it like what Jamal just said. Like, we don't get to that point of maturity, but we don't. It's like, oh, just all right, so what they did to us and, and this and that. And, we, and then we become scorned. Our, our ego goes up, and then we're not going to let anybody else in ever after that, right? But then now it's like you do the work, and you do the work for you, right? And you go through the process, you, you, you heal, you allow yourself to feel the hurt, you heal, and then you go forward, right? And then after that, it's like, yo, man, like, this was really unpleasant. But you know what? Yo, I'm, I'm strong. I'm wiser. Yeah, so much yeah. better. You know what I'm saying? So let um, me ask you this, Terrence, real quick. And I, Ron, too. Are men allowed to be bitter about anything? Are we allowed? Yes. Meaning, you know, sometimes, you know, after mm-hmm. a bad experience in a relationship, it's kind of like we just got to take it on the hand, pause, and keep moving. And it's like, you know, are we allowed to soft that? Or are we allowed to... Uh, you know, say, damn, that was a fu- that was fucked up. What, what happened to me? Are we giving that space to do that? Or is that a handy thing to even think about being given that space to do that? Because that's man, I'm good. I'll be honest. I mean Jamal, I mean Jamal, you want to go ahead. I saw you I saw you moving. So, uh, Jamal, you wanna go? I mean Ron, uh, uh, Ron, you wanna go? Sorry. No, no, no. That's I don't know why. My screen keeps trying to fall asleep, so I just keep tapping it to wake it back up. Um mm. But for me, I would challenge that question. I would challenge that question only because even even with you asking it, 
I had to think about it from a man of God standpoint. Should I be bitter about anything? Absolutely not. At the end of the day, like y'all were just discussing, like even Terrence was just saying, things are lessons, you know what I mean? And we have to take them as such. We have to appreciate these lessons and we do end up appreciating them in the long run because of how much we end up growing from them. But in the moment, that feeling of bitterness and everything that we feel, that's why, man, it says to lean on him, you know? But um, I guess to answer it from, you know, a different standpoint, I do feel like men are allowed to sulk. And I feel like we sulk in our own way. Uh, I feel like we, you know, we sulk with our homeboys. Like, yo, bro, can you believe this bitch did that shit, dude? Like, come on, son. <laughs> that's us sulking. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, it. To, and to answer the other part of your question, it is frowned upon for us to do it. Like, I, I can... I can't be in front of certain people. I can't. I'm about to touch them right now. I can't do that in front of certain people. But I know if I do it in front of y'all, y'all, so good, bro. It's so good. Other people be like, man, if you don't put that down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. So, from mm-hmm. three different aspects, that's the answer to, that's my answer to your question. Um, I, I think you're absolutely allowed. You know what I'm saying? Like, people always say, you know, you know, bitterness, like, you know, like, you shouldn't be bitter, or that's not right, or, you know, you have to be quick to forget, like, at the end of of the day, everything is time, because when you're in that moment, and when you're in that space, it's grief. Like, it's a grief point, right? And and you can't tell somebody, like, oh, well, you shouldn't be bitter at that point in time. Now, should you be bitter forever and all the time? No, there's a space for sadness there is a space for bitterness and there's a space for anger that's all that's all a part of the grieving process too right and because that's what happens when your heart breaks you grieve yeah right and so there is a space for it now is it frowned upon for a lot of us absolutely and that's where i say we have to create these safe spaces for for us for as as men because you're like your female friends are always gonna are always gonna gonna give it to you Right, but you as a man can be like, I don't want my friends to see me like that, or I don't want her to see me like that, or I don't want her, I don't want them to see me in in that way. Yeah. So us as men, we have to do a better job at giving us, giving giving our homeboys those safe spaces. And just like what you just said was powerful, you said, yo, yo, I know I can call you, I know I can call tomorrow, and 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 do that with you guys, and y'all and y'all will be cool with. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's if I'm, that's if, the this, Hold on, hold on. This is the T-Till show. I'm going to keep it a buck. Y'all going to make fun of me for about five minutes first. But after no, that no, five minutes. I would not, sir. <laughs> I would not. That's, that's why we do more. <laughs> but that's not me. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, man. That's not me. That might be like something like maybe like after. I'd be like, all right, so you good? All right, so now we might have a laugh about it. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know what I mean? Like, Jamal gonna come out the gate with it, man. Jamal gonna come out the gate. <laughs> Let me get it all off my chest now so I can be serious in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I, I think there uh there is a space for there there is like a, a thing with men to where it's like, yo, you gotta suck it up. You gotta deal with it. Yeah. Like who cares? Like you're a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that like don't let that's hold you down and stuff like that. But what people don't understand is men men suffer in silence. So when so when men goes through that heartbreak, they go through it in complete and utter silence, right? With 
with a, a bottle in their hand or, or with something else or whatever their vice is, right? It, 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 it's because they don't have that space. It's, it's, it's legal now, Jamal. You ain't got to worry. <laughs> yeah, man, you ain't even got to do all that, man. You're not telling yourself right now. Sorry. You know, um, so, you know, I don't know, man. You know, I I, I think that, you know, we, we really do have to do a better job with us. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with holding us down. You know what I'm saying? Because, yes, women can be our biggest supporters, but, yo, we got to be our own biggest supporters for ourselves. Absolutely. Because we're losing men at an alarming rate. So at an very alarming rate, man. So Mark, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that's real. So do you think that we're – because before I say uh, ask this question, I'm the world sucks, right? There's going to be constantly things that we go through as black men um, – like the the system of racism, I don't see it changing anytime soon. There's certain things that are already in place, just systematically, right? So, the reality is this: we have to find a different way to deal with it, because there's certain shit you just have to deal with. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, do you think? Well, I'll I'll, I'll just say it, I'll say that before I ask the question. So, do you think that we have to find a different intervention? in order to help young black boys deal with the inevitable, terrible world they're they're walking into. Because, I mean, again, therapy is beautiful, right? It's something, you know, we all participate in. But the reality is this. I still got to go out in the world every day, deal with these people that may or may not like me because of the way I look, the way, you know, the color of my skin, and so on and so forth. So what do specifically young boys them for the world, but not make them so harsh that they're emotionless, can't connect with anybody because they're so bitter and so jaded about what's going on. Um, what can we do? Did that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it made perfect sense. Um, I think complete, utter transparency and truthfulness is how we do it. If you think about the way we lived our lives, yeah, there are times that we had. Yeah, we still had to deal with the world, but does that mean that we weren't scared at times? Yeah, we still had to deal with our people who looked like us that didn't want us to thrive. Were we not fearful? Were we not vengeful? Were we not, you know, did we not feel defeated at times? We absolutely did. But how many times did the people who taught us those things tell us those parts of the feelings? They didn't. They just told you to man up. They didn't tell you the details that man up means. They just said man up. And I think... Not even I think. I strongly believe that when it comes to our younger generation, if we are transparent with them, if we are, you know, complete truthful with them, you'll start to see a change. You know, they'll start to see like, yeah, maybe I should walk away from this situation. I just shared a, I shared a, uh, a testimony with uh, one of my uh, clients maybe two weeks ago. And I told them like, you know, they were they were they got into a fight outside or whatever. And, you know, I told them, like, you know, there are times where like violence approached me i didn't always fight because i was confident sometimes i just fought out of fear sometimes i fought out of fear of, damn if i try to run off i try to walk away how is it going to make me look in their eyes but now it's like i've never seen these people another day in my life why did it matter why didn't i just walk away why did i have to come home with the bloody eye and you know the the, the, the swollen fist why did i have to do it it wasn't necessary but until we start sharing those testimonies and still we, until we start being that transparent with our youth, with our young black men and women, with our, with our, yeah, with our youth, period, it's, we're not going to see that change. 
But I feel like truthfulness and transparency is the key. Yeah, um, I agree. I, and I think that sometimes we have to, well, not sometimes, I think we have to start taking start taking this conversation to them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and meeting them where, where, uh, where they're at. Because some of them, like, they're not going to come to us. Yes. I mean, you guys are already having those conversations, like, within your programs um, individually, I'm sure, right, as an individual. But there's a bigger world out there, you know, and having these, having these types of conversations and, and sharing it, you know, with, like, with the youth to let them know that there's somebody out there that looks just like them, you know, that's, that's still, you know, relatively pretty young. You know what I'm saying? That, that, we've, that we've gone through what, like, what's, like, what you've gone through. You know what I'm saying? And we want to give you the game so that you don't have to go through the same things that we may have gone through. Because I think in, in, in our society, it's like, yo, everybody got to pay their dues. Yo, nah, like, I, I'm sorry, but like, from, from, from me, I don't want the younger generation to pay the dues. I don't. I want them to have better. I want them to have better. Because they're going to have different dues. It's, it, it's a different generation. We had ours. They got to have it, but I don't want them to have ours and theirs, you know, and I think that we have to really start taking this conversation to them so that they could have a head start. So they don't always have to start in the red with, with certain things like communication and vulnerability and problems with their emotional intelligence and things like that and not being allowed to, to speak because sometimes your, their parents aren't going to give them the permission to speak. They're not going to give them the permission to communicate and express themselves. Well, we can't. And I think that's the role that, that, that we play with them is that we can give them that permission and it'll come better from us because how many of us sometimes, like, you know, our parents say something, I right, mom, I that cool. You know what I'm saying? But then you heard the same thing from somebody on the block or somebody that you looked up to, said the same exact thing as your parent, and you were like, yo, yo, that, that's it right there. And yeah. your parents are looking at you like, yo, man, really? I, I just told you that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's kind of where, where, where we start. I'm, so I'm, just go ahead. Hold go on, ahead. hold on. Can I? Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one second. So I, I, I agree with you, and to a certain extent, right? And I <clears throat> like so because, and I've I've spoken about this on this show before. You know, conversations of the heart, where like I talk about my baby brother. I feel like every episode, and to you know, like you were saying, like that guy. I, I, I would, oh yeah, that's that's, that's my guy. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, you know, he's six now, <laughs> but um, great. But like you were just saying, like, we don't want them to have to sit here and go through the same things that we had to go through. But I look at him and there are times where I I wonder, like, damn, what is he going to grow up to be like without some of the same things I had to go through? He is such a sweet kid. He is so sweet. So sweet. But like, for instance, in, in, in regards to like Jamal's question, it's like, damn, if he doesn't go through some of these things, and still has to walk out into this world, what's going to happen? Right, if, right. Like, if, 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 if he doesn't get the scrapes and the bruises, if he doesn't understand that there are bullies out in the world, if he doesn't start to understand now that there are so many people out there that mean him harm just because he's a young black boy with big, beautiful, curly hair, what's going what's gonna to happen to him? He can't always call Big Brother to sit here and fight the battles. So what happens to him without those scrapes and bruises, without those lessons? You know what I mean? And that and and that's one of the things that I struggle with all the time when it comes to him. I'm around him. And he's like, "Can we jump on the trampoline?" I'm like, "Trampoline? Do you know how many times I heard just simple things like, 
don't touch nothing because I ain't buying it. How you get a trampoline? Or just you know sit what I mean? Ass. It's like yeah, you, but, <laughs> exactly. but, but, stop, stop going in and out the house. You running up, you running up my electricity. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but you know, but his, but you see, but that right there to me is is I'll challenge you in, in the sense of that's two different. Like you guys are living two separate lives, two two completely different lives. He's not growing up where you grew up, so his struggles are like aren't going to be your struggles. And your struggles are not going to be his struggles. You're, you're absolutely right. But what scares me the most about where he's growing up is that there aren't a lot of people that look like him. See, the other people right. that look like me in my neighborhood, yeah, I went through the scrapes and bruises because they knew I need to help this young brother survive. Him growing up with people, that, Caucasians, literally he's the only black kid in like his mm -hmm. class. And him growing up in that neighborhood, who's going to be there to teach him to, to, you know, like when he's not around family, who's going to be there in order to sit here and show him like, hey, listen, you don't have the same rights as your friends. You can't go to the store and act a fool like them. You can't go to the, you can't when he, when he gets old enough and has a phone, you can't do the stupid TikTok videos the same way they can. Because you're the target. So without those scrapes and bruises, I think I it's allow, just different. Like, I, like, like he can have his own mistakes, but not a mistake that will take him from us. You understand? And it could be the simplest no. thing. Tamar Rice was literally just playing with a gun in his backyard, a toy gun. Literally every last toy gun that he ever gets, I break. He cries mm -hmm. about it, always asks the parents for more. I break them all. And I tell my parents why I'm breaking them. They, my stepdad continues to buy them. They're still getting broken. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the racial component, I think that's universal when it comes to us. I, I, I think like, you can still teach him certain lessons, right, that that we've all learned, right? Um, and that's why he has you. I'm just saying there are just certain things that that how you grew up, like how you grew up, he's not going to need that at a certain point. Like he's not, he's, he's on a different set of tools in, in his toolbox is what I'm saying. The whole, as far as, as the, like, like the racial things, that's, that's universal, like, that's not going to change. So, yes, there are certain tools that you are going to have to, 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 to teach him, but then there are certain tools that, that you're going to have to take out and put some new tools in for him so 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 that he can navigate his own struggles, you know what I'm saying, and kind of mix it with yours. Like, it's not the fact that he just needs his own set of tools, and then you need – I think you need to combine with what, what you have went through, but also realize that, yo, he's in a completely different generation – I have to combine the other stuff that I've learned and then kind of give him a new set of tools too that he can use that I didn't even have to use. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and you may have to use it right now because you're older and you're walking and you're walking in different circles right now. So and he's gonna probably gonna be walking in those circles at a younger age because of where he's living. Right? So I, I just think that you should probably take the tools that you have right now and give those to him now and give him a little bit of what you learned. Um when you were younger, like, and and it's kind of like a hybrid. I think it's a hybrid. I understand what you're saying. I can understand it. Jamal had his finger up like he was in church. My poor Jamal. I was gonna say something, but what you were saying, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was loving it. Um, I will say this: it's really important to allow people to um, come into their own, whatever. They um, I think a lot of times we do a lot of hand holding, right? You kind of create with that you want them to for the go on. And I think that's dangerous because 
you know, they're going to look five years from that or I never wanted to play baseball. I wanted to, you know, play golf or, you know, just whatever the case is. I think it's really important even in having, you know, mentors and people of that nature um, to allow people just to come into their own at, at their own time. Um, I think right. that's one of the things I've benefited from with, you know, my family. They kind of allow me to, you know, do my thing. Um, and mm -hmm. so, it, you know, I jokingly say, you know, they was like, you know, whatever, I'm just let Jamal do whatever. And it really was <laughs> like, but I was able to, you know, figure out what I like, what I didn't like, you know, try new things, uh, you know, travel a little bit um, without having the, uh, I guess, expectation other than, you know, not be homeless. But, you know, it, I was able to, you know, come into my own, and I'm still, you know, evolving as we all are. Um, but I think it's really important to allow people that space to be themselves and, you know, figure certain things out. Be there if they can pretty fuck up, but, you know, allow a person to uh, discover things for themselves because, you know, we're all individuals. We're all humans. Um, and as much as we want something for somebody, that might not be Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think that's that's 100% true. And it just like well, actually what you said before, Jamal, it's like some of, like some of the stuff that we were taught from back in the day, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't apply to us, nah. right? So and knowing that, even when it comes to your little brother, there's certain things that you're going to teach him. It's not that he's going to look back and say, yo, dog, like that didn't apply to me. You know what I'm saying? And you wanted to hear something like, like it's like, yo, like, man, like why didn't they teach me this? You know what I'm saying? So even for us, like this is even still like a learning experience for us to say it's so important not to like to give or give the game away, you know what I'm saying, for certain things, but then also, you know what I'm saying, add some new like add some new tools for us. You know what I'm saying? So that we can also give the youth the new tools yep. and not just our, our own old tools. Because I feel like stuff people from the old school, and there's no disrespect, but they all gave us the old tools. All of right? them. All of them. All hey, yo, hey, they gave us the old rusty hey, but tools, but and, but and that's cool. And and we took some of them, and, and we took some of it, and it was and, and it worked. But there was a lot of things that were missed, a lot of things that were missed. And it's not a knock against the old school at all. But what I'm saying is, now that we're here, and that and that you know better, you know better, and I know better. It's like yo, the more that we learn, and the more that we evolve, we still got the old tools, and we still got the stuff that we learn, but. So much stuff that we had to unlearn that we're relearning right now. Those yeah. are the, that's the stuff that we could be given to the youth. Mixed in with the stuff that we learned to. Definitely, and and I think uh, you know, in what you about the thing, the the places that we got, even those of us with fathers and and even the without fathers, you got to remember what they got that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like we have to remember and. More than anything, we're not that generate that far many generations from straight Jim Crow, slavery, just all these different things that we had to do as a survival mechanism. So a lot of times our fathers and these men are telling us stuff to do so we don't kill. And so it's kind of like, you know, somebody hit you, hit them back. That's like straight survival mechanism. Now we're evolving a little bit just in terms of the way we think. So we can use different interventions in terms of resolving a conflict, communication, dealing with people, just whatever. But I think a lot of times I have to, you know, even me personally, I have to give grace to the older men of my generation, even in my life, that I felt like just gave me bad information on stuff. And I'm like, man, 
that my grandmother, who's currently alive, was is ninety three years old. You know what I mean? So yeah, she was born when I don't even know who was president, and I, I was I was terrible in history. But the point is that she was born mad long ago, and you know there was a different time and era that she was born in. So imagine her father, well, yeah, he was born in, and her grandfather. You know, that's not that many generations of slavery. So a lot of stuff we do is still out of survival, still out of, you know, I don't want you to get killed. I'm trying to make sure you make it home at night. And so a lot of times we got to give grace to, you know, those people that may have given us ignorant information. They may have, have kind of steered us wrong because they didn't know. And the information they got was mm-hmm. Well, see, when it, comes, when, it, when it comes to some of those things, and I, there was like a, <laughs> like a TikTok video that came, and I think I sent it to both of y'all, where it was uh, – it just talked about how soft the younger generation is. You know what I mean? And when they said soft, but I just, I took it as lack of, lack of being prepared of what this world has to offer you. You know, like one of the things that said like, man, we don't even have birthday punches no more. You know what birthday punches taught you to just sit here and take the pain? It was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, yo, you ever had a bacon, egg and cheese? You was about to bite it and somebody walked by and said, you don't want that. But it taught you how to protect what's yours. It taught you how to, have this have your neck on a swivel you know what i mean your head on a swivel so that this mm-hmm. way nobody's messing with you so when i think about my brother and i think about him without those tools i'm just like bro <laughs> uh, i guess i got grades it's bro. stress i don't know if it's stress. i got grades <laughs> Oh man! Think, me thinking um, about him without those tools, man, I get more grades. No, well, what Ronald's saying is absolutely true. Specifically, mm-hmm. there were certain things that happened that may have been toxic growing up that we've learned that was it was straight up toxic. Like I shouldn't have to protect my damn sandwich when I'm walking. But the thing is, again, it keeps your head on a swivel, keeps you alert. Yo, these kids be walking across the street when I be driving in their phone. I'm like, yo, I'm about to take you up out of here. And so they got so comfortable. There's nobody that, you know, smack me in the back of my head. No, it's no gimme minds no more. That don't happen. Like we out here, you know, no more punch, no more punch buggies or nothing. Nobody got punched in the chest. man. punch buggy even taught you how to keep your, you know what I mean? Four corners in the elevator. It's kind of like. Four corners in the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) comfortable and it's and and it's crazy because like i said we can be all peace and blessings and be like you know kumbaya or zen but at the end of the day niggas is crazy out here and you have to be prepared you know and you can't just because you grew up this way because your mom has some sense because your mom is a christian woman this mama this lady came from a crack house and she has no morals you know what i mean and so that's the person that that's the person that raised you know what i mean and i think Mm -hmm. even for me uh Growing up, and I had this, like I tell you all the time, I had a certain level of naivete about certain things. So I came out, you know, it's all up, it's all good. But once you hit this world, see how people move, it, it, it really exposes the lack of information you have in terms of human nature. People are crazy. And you got to be crazy yeah. right along time, especially when you can't run from it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a fact. Man, um, so when it comes it's to it, it's crazy how the yeah. conversation. The first question was, "What is a manhood to you?" We said all these beautiful things, and now I'm sitting here like, "Man, we need to bring punch buggies back." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
I mean, but those, but I, I mean, but those were the times, though. Word. The kids are the kids ain't doing that. Now. The kids ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like what you would consider bullying back then. You know what I mean? Kids are now they're cyberbullying, right? The cyber. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a different thing. Like you know where if you got your sandwich slapped out of your hand, you know when you was a kid. Right now, everything is cyber. You know what I'm saying? Like they may throw a post up about you and float it through the school, right? Like, yo, and what you gonna do with that? Now, to you, for us, that may not be that that devastating, right? But for the but for this generation, that might be the biggest thing in the world for them, right? So it's like, how do you, what tools do you give them for that? You know what I'm saying? Like it's so it's it, it, it's a different world of of different type of bullying. It's a different type of of stuff that we didn't really have to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Like, we never had cameras like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, what like what you did was what you did, and if you got caught, you got caught, and if you didn't, yo, thank God, right? You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, yeah. yo, you get cameras, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody might be cracking on you now, and somebody might be recording and shoot it to the school, yeah. and, and now what? You know, we see before it was it was just kept within like your classroom and you know whatever, like. Now it's like, yo, like the whole school might know. You know what I'm saying? You know, and not just the school. It might be floating around everywhere now. You know what I'm saying? Then what? Yep. And that's what I'm saying. Like the difference of the tools that we got to give these 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 young kids because it's different. You know what I mean? And it's just tough. You know what I mean? Like, what? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if y'all remember a couple months ago, a video went viral. Uh, a black kid in the white neighborhood. I don't remember what state he was in. But, um, he went to the sleepover with these uh, with his white friends, and they ended up making that young black kid drink their urine and recorded it on the cell phone. Like I said, it went viral. Wow, see? Now, because, like I said, my brother is six. Love that kid like he's my own. I saw that video and immediately thought of him about mm-hmm. the night, like, about how naive he is to the world, about the lack of just that he has and it's like who's to say that it won't be mine that has to go through that you know what I mean so it's like yeah there's like I'm unlearning so much that it means to be a man and I'm so grateful for this process of unlearning but when it comes down to like certain things it's like yeah I I need to find a way to instill it in him in a different way that it wasn't instilled in me. See, me, right. I learned how to take pain where it's like, well, no, no, these are birthday punches. You can't punch back, and you got to sit there and eat them. You were sitting here looking forward to your 18th birthday because now the birthday punches are over. Of course, I'm never going to put my hands on him. But how Wait. do I still teach him? At 18, you from Virginia. Yeah, at 18. Don't tell me they- you're still getting birthday punches. What you say? I said they'd be whooping your ass you 30 in Richmond. <laughs> it's never over. <laughs> let, me, oh, let me find out I've just been getting beat up for free over the past few years. Right, my bad. My bad. I'm go I'm a- <laughs> Jamal got birthday punches on his last birthday. <laughs> Sitting there thinking <laughs> this is normal. No, nah, they stopped on your 18th birthday. But the thing is, is like, so when it comes to him, of course, I would never want to teach him how to defend himself, take pain or anything by physical abuse like that. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we call it birthday punches, but it's like, yo, bro, 
my older brother is eight years older than me. You swinging on me with your, all your might. Like, come on, dog. I'm nine. You're almost like 20. What are you doing swinging on me like this? Of course, I would right. never put him in that position. But how do we right. still teach them how to defend themselves, how to be alert, how to be alert around of their, of their surroundings, the people that they keep around them, everything, the friends that you keep. Like I said, I watched this video of this young black kid being forced <laughs> to drink the urine of these white friends at a sleepover. And the immediate thought was, what's stopping that from being mine? Mm -hmm. It's a scary world, man. Like, it's a, it's a scary world. And especially when you have a younger generation that you care about, it's even scarier. It's even mm -hmm. scarier. But but I mean, um, I'm I'm a, I'm a child. When we talk about, you know, even now drinking piss, that's deplorable. Like you know, whether it's white people, whatever. But equate that with birthday licks. Equate that with smacking a sandwich out the hand. Equate that with, you know, four corners. All these different things that we had to maybe have dealt with growing up. That we may have learned something from. We learned whatever it is we got from it. Do you think sometimes some certain things are like that? Now, of course, drinking piss is a very extreme example, but certain. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't, I'm not, I'm not understanding your comparison right now. No, no, more so about the process. You go through shit in life. Life sucks. People are yes. crazy. People have no regard for other people. People don't have any morals. So you have to understand that that people are crazy and that people have different ways of doing things. People weren't, we weren't all raised by a decent family. And so, yeah, absolutely. So even with the drinking of the piss, I would just say something on the, on some like, but do you believe there's just certain things that you have to go through in life as a man, as a human being, just like when you so, real quick, just like I have a, I had a client um, that I used to train and he took her daughter out one time just when her daughter was just born among population. And I'm like, yo, your daughter was just born. You don't, you know, don't you have to cover it up? She's like, no, I need to build her immune system. So don't you think these things that happen to us, it really builds our immune system, including the messed up relationships, the bullies, the hating ass teachers, the racists, all these different things. We use that to build our immunity because next time when something happens, we know how to combat it as opposed to the first time, you know, some now knock on wood, I've never been, you know, racially attacked, called a nigga, nothing like that. But the first time somebody call you a nigga, it's it's uh, devastating. Like, oh my god, they call me. A nigga. Yeah, it's a shock. It's definitely like, a shock. Oh, I'm smacking them in the face. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, somebody smacked my sandwich on my hand. I'm smacking the head off their shoulders. Whatever it is you do, it's kind of like you now have that immunity built up because of nature. And one thing I keep saying, you know, throughout this conversation is, you know. People are people. We got to deal with these people. Way, <clears throat> like we unless you know go live in a combine somewhere or you know I'm sorry combine commune, and you know and everybody has the same you know religion and so on and so forth. People are going to do things. What do we have innate within us, or how are we training our young people to combat people, or to be able to deal? And not in a way that we take all their experiences from. They're so sheltered that once they hit the real world, it's like, oh my God, people say curse. Or, oh my God, is that liquor? Is that a reefer? You know, it's like, you 
sure that people are, you know, we're preparing them for the real world. But so, and, and, that, and I think that's, I think that's what I'm saying. Like teaching, like how do we teach this younger generation to respond to certain things? See, the thing is, is that like, for instance, I completely agree with you. We all have, every generation has to go through a process. We all have to go through some sort of process in order to prepare us for the world. But at the same time, <clears throat> with us being the elders, how do we help prepare them? How do we help prepare them for a situation where, all right, cool. Let's say you are put in a God awful position of someone trying to, you had a sleepover with who you thought were your friends. They're trying to force you to drink their urine. How do you respond? You're not responding by drinking that. I don't care if you have to yell, make sure a parent is there. I don't care if you need to have a life alert thing on. Something needs to happen because, yeah, it's not going to go down. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. like you were just saying, we always got to take that first lick. Cool. I never want to feel this again. Now I know better. Something like that, you don't want them to take the first lick off. And honestly speaking, this younger generation, and as the generations get younger, they grow softer. And I'm sorry, let me take that back because of what I'm about to say following it. They don't grow softer. I'll say the world has just become more of a disgusting place. We're constantly seeing news posts, videos of this eight-year-old committed suicide from bullying, this five-year-old committed What are we talking about at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Committing suicide from bullying? Now, given, like I said, my family members were my first bullies, and cool, I'm, now I'm going to become the bully, especially <laughs> when I got bigger than all of them. It's like, yeah, now I'm definitely the bully. But it's like, what happens when your six-year-old is in school and the bullying, your bu the bullying is happening and he's coming home thinking about he doesn't want to be here anymore but doesn't say anything because even as a young black man, as young as he is, even he has that, that illness of I'm going to suffer in silence. How do you prepare him for the bullying? How do you prepare them for all of that? All those things are so extreme. Those are such extreme details. And like I said, every time I see a lot, every time I see these things, and I don't go looking for them, I just be scrolling. And I see something about a child in some sort of situation or a child that committed suicide from bullying or whatever. And it's always, what if that were mine? So it's yeah. like, it's, 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 it's a difficult position. I think, like, I it's think a difficult I'm sorry, yeah. just, just last thoughts. It's a difficult position to think about manhood without those other qualities. Manhood is evolving in a beautiful way. I love the way it's evolving. I love the way it's evolving within me. I love, like I said, I love this process of unlearning that I'm going through. But I think if I were to think about myself without those other qualities, without the, the head on the swivel, without the defense, without the, you know, knowledge of what's going on like that. The, 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 the ability to have the knowledge of what's going on around me and not being that kid just, just texting crossing the street. Without those things, where, where would any of us be? And now given, we don't want to teach the younger generation those things the same way we were taught. But now we have to really ask ourselves, if those qualities are so important, how do we teach them? 
I think that is, I, I think from like what we said before is going to them and actually teaching them. But when it comes to those other qualities that you're talking about, I think especially in our community, you know, just like they say, you know, put your kids in the swimming and all that stuff, you know, like or whatever. To be honest with you, we gotta stop putting more of our kids in boxing and 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 self defense. That's what I was about because that because that teaches you discipline. Because that teaches you discipline. That is a fact. That teaches you no, no, discipline. No. You're absolutely and, right. I'm not laughing because and, of that. I'm I'm laughing because I was thinking about my older bro older brother, my younger brother at his karate tournament. He was I was watching him from outside. He was doing great. The minute I walked in, every you'd have thought everything stopped. He's hey brother. It's like you gotta focus, you gotta focus. He's like, focus, focus. Five seconds later he looks at me, he's just mm -hmm. it's like, all right, man, just you know, yeah, man, he's such a sweet kid, man, and it's like, damn, but that, you don't but, want to. But, do that, but that all happens in time. I mean, he's six. Like he, that discipline, if he keeps going, that discipline as he grows, it's gonna get there. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where we go with the new generation. Is boxing? Is it? It's it could be mixed martial arts, self defense, whatever it is that we need to to be able to really to really teach them. Because I'll be honest, a lot of people growing up that that used to punch us and stuff like that. You, and you know why they were able to punch us, you know what I mean, and get away with it? It's because we because we didn't fight back. And when we did, they were older than us. But but let's be clear. If we knew how to, like, and, and, and a lot of them can't fight. You know what? Like, street fighting is different than, than real yeah. fighting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you could tell when, like, a fighter gets into the ring, right, with the, somebody who can really fight. Right? Nate Robinson, right? So, you know, these like you know these are things you know what I mean oh. like this is a fact that was love yeah, like <laughs> it is what it is you know what I'm saying Terrence so when you said. actually give <laughs> yo know, it's a fact like when you give people the actual real tools of how to fight when to fight right it's different because now yeah. they can really handle themselves in the street because because right. right. you've seen the videos I'm like these street fights. These dudes can't fight. They go for one hit of quitters and stuff like that, right? And they end up getting knocked out. But, like, when you really know how to handle yourself, like, for real. Like, you see how these guys out here run around just shooting shooting, shooting at people? But they don't know they how to shoot. Fight. No, but, hot, but a lot of them can't shoot either, right? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, so, now if you take somebody and you teach them how to shoot, and, and you teach them how to shoot, they, they're not going to miss, right? So, yeah. I think, like, for us as a community, like we got to start telling our kids, yo, self-defense, boxing, like we're putting you in this for years. Like, like we gotta start you from young because we want you to learn how to defend yourself, not be a bully. But when it's time, it's time, and when it's on, it's on. And and, and that's it. You, you know, and it's and just like it's important that you teach your kids how to swim so they don't drown. It's very important that you teach your kids how to also defend themselves so they don't go out there and get their behind whooped either. Because it, it could be somebody who's three, four years older than them that, that may want to physically bully them. But if, if they know how to fight. Because I've been in some some mixed martial arts dojos where there were some older cats with, with cats that were three or four years younger. And people that was three or four years younger was giving them work. Work, work. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. And, and so it's, it's like a lot of these people that are bullies can't really fight. Right, so if you equipped your younger brother, your you know, and our young boys and girls, right on on the actual really 
self-defense, that's all they're going to, and mixed with everything that you're going to pour into them, the life lessons that you're going to do with them, like, yo, like, who's going to stop them? You know what I'm saying? Like, unless you jump them, right? And even then, sometimes, like, you know, a lot of a guy, oh, yeah, like, my, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a couple of those in my life, too. Yeah, but, 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 my, but my thing is this, if you jump me, if I, if I got to take two or two or two or three with you, like, with me, I can take the L, but I'm going to take a few of you with me. All six of y'all came with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an L. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? If three of y'all with me, that could be the difference of an hospital bill of 500 or fifteen or, or 1,500. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, it's just one of the things, man. Um, so I, I just think that we need to start having those types of conversations, like those type of loaded conversations. Yeah. 100. Um, I well, guess my last... Good. Oh, no, I was just going to say, well, listen, I'm going to take your advice, but if it don't work, you know, y'all my brothers, man, just make sure y'all bail money on deck, you dig? Hey, you know, oh, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, if that don't work, then teach him how to shoot. You know what I mean? It's one of the... <laughs> take him to the range, bro. That too. That too. So, so last, last question. Um, um, cause we spent a lot of time here. Um, so yeah, what do you, what do you eat? Like, what do each of you do to maintain your mental and emotional wellness on a daily basis? So, yeah. So yeah, I know that's like a loaded question, but like, what are some of your best practices that, that you do to kind of keep your mental wellness um, and your emotional wellness um, intact on a daily basis. Ronald, you gonna go first? You want me to? <laughs> no, you could, you can take this one, bro. Um, so you know, most people know I'm big into health, wellness, and fitness things like that. So mm -hmm. one thing I do honestly every morning, and I don't want to say it, and I, I drop off tomorrow, but I run every morning. When I wake up. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I try to do that in order to kind of break up what's about to happen for the rest of the day. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you come straight from your bed and go to work and come back home in the bed, it, it's really uh, definite. That's the only word. Um, so, I run in the morning. Uh, I talk to myself. Um, I kind of give myself pep talk in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty uh, the words that that go that pep talk, but you know, I, I try to make sure you know I, I understand who I am in the world, um, what I'm about to do when I get out of the world, um, and what do I expect from my friends. Um, and throughout the day, man, I I pray, um, because specifically working in the place that I'm both you know on the side of and you know, working with young people, and you know, just in the community, you have to have a level of mentality. Um, it can be very draining, very attacking yourself at time. It's a lot, so you really have to do a lot of extra work in order to keep balance within yourself. So I would say, fitness and uh, meditation. Um, has been my biggest saving grace um, in 
And um, my therapist, I've talked to her like two weeks, so she'd be all right. But I, um, for mental, oh, mental um, meditation and fitness has been one of my biggest saving graces because it's allowed me to do a lot of inner work. A lot of times, you know, kind of like you're still talking to somebody else. Still, sometimes you dress up a statement. Um, but with yourself, you can't lie to yourself. You got to be so. Um, a lot of meditation, a lot of self-talk, um, working out, and so running my ass around Brooklyn. <laughs> you running the streets? I have running the streets, man. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, what about you, brother? Um. I'm definitely still very much in the process of doing things and being consistent in regards to taking care of myself in a, uh, in a healthy way. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, well, pretty much the only thing uh, is me waking up early. I wake up early and I have a devotion. I get on my knees and I pray. And I feel like that starts my day off on a positive note. But um I'm falling. I'm. 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 I'm working on falling out of the habit of things happening in my life, and I go into the lone wolf mentality. You know, uh, there's always going to be a hard day at work. There's always going to be something that happens, something the world throws at you. But I'm working on, I guess, in that aspect of my life, you know, theoretically being able to take that on the chin and keep moving, being able to take that on the chin and come home and not say damn, I need a drink. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm working on. Um, so in regards to, like, what I do in order to, for my mental health, outside of praying every morning, just talking to some of the people I love. You know what I mean? Like, just being consistent. Like, I, I, I'm not a big phone person. I don't talk to people on the phone very often. A lot of times people, and both of you know it, people will call me, I may not pick the fuck up. It happens. That's just, you know, I, some a lot of times I do I fall into that lone wolf mentality and I just sit there. Um, but, yeah, so my answer to that question is, shit, pretty much what I should be doing, not as not as opposed to what I am doing. Mm. That's dope. I mean, listen, um, I think that's a wrap. Um it's about an hour and forty in. Oh man, um, we working tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so listen, um, I would yeah, love shit, to do I this again. Gotta, I still got to do a self tape. <laughs> uh, I would yeah, love to do this again. Um, I was thinking, um, we could do a um, as as Ron goes through his progressions of of, of whatever he's, of his uh, yeah. that, that Teddy Riley. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm thinking of a part two to this. Um, Let's do it. I, I'm not sure when, but I'm thinking of um, as men going through grief, trauma, and overcoming obstacles. Um, that's what came to mind um, just now. We'll talk about that later, um, if y'all want to. Um, but um, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, no, we 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 can we can definitely do it. We, we <laughs> relationships too. I'm not I'm not weird no more. So we can. Uh, we we can have that conversation. Ooh we, but I'm right, right. ready for that uh, one. So, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna make sure that 
I'm gonna make sure that certain people aren't on the line and we're gonna talk about relationships. Yo, wait, man. Wait. We gotta have a conversation. We gotta have a conversation. You gotta have a conversation off the hot, man. That's what it is. Here. It is what it is. <laughs> First of all, not neither one of y'all get the neither one of y'all get the amount of gray hairs I get. All right. So But you know, yeah, I do. Yeah. The difference I, is that I mean, they're growing in my beard. That's the difference. And, and mine is growing somewhere else. But the point you're is throwing that... shots again. You throwing shots again. Yo, 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 Jamal, man, get off, yo, get off my phone. Yo, get, yo, get off this live, bro. <laughs> get off this live, man. Yo, come on, man. Yo. <laughs> um, nah, man. What is happening out here? All right, you guys. Um, I, I, yo, listen. I, I will say this. I appreciate you. This conversation for but this is, you know. For brothers to be able to have this conversation and even the relationship that we have with each other and being able to be transparent and keep it all the way real. You know, I joke around a lot, but y'all know something really going on. Y'all, we sit down, you know, we met at Ronald's house. Jamal got to tell his business. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like having that relationship and being able to, you know, not be a lone wolf and figure out everything on your on your own and try to figure out what you're going to do. And how to look. Um, it's really important. I want to appreciate you guys, like, you know, publicly for that right there. Yo, I appreciate, I appreciate that, you. I appreciate that. And this brother is definitely something that um I, I cherish a lot, you know. And I mean, hell, let me know what y'all doing this Saturday. We can definitely all pull up and, you know, yeah, we can break the bread. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, but listen, I, I appreciate y'all for always being available to do stuff like this. Um, whenever I reach out, you guys are always available, but no hesitation. Um, and I appreciate you guys for, for for always being leaders. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all both leaders and kings in your own right. And I appreciate y'all. And I salute y'all for what y'all do for the community and what y'all do for the youth. Uh, we need more like you guys. Um, I'm proud to call y'all my brothers. You know what I'm saying? And you already know you guys can call me for anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's nothing, man. So I was just I appreciate y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Likewise, brother. Most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. And we're going to do this again. Yes, sir. All right, my, all right, my guys. All right. So salute to y'all, man. All right, y'all. Peace. All right, well, listen. Hold on. Hey, hold yo. before y'all hang yo, up. Yo, yo. What's up? Listen. My stock is going up. So the next time y'all have y'all people call my people and we'll set it up. I'm oh. sorry. I, I, you know I have corny jokes I got to throw out there sometimes. That's not the time we on. That's the type of time we on. All right, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this man went to Atlanta, and now he got. We got to book people just to get. We ain't doing this. We calling your ass on your phone. We FaceTime you. As a matter of fact, we pulling up at your. Yeah, he said call Tyler Perry. Yeah, right, right. He said call Tyler Perry. All right, all right cool, bro. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. If if y'all show up, if y'all show up, just uh, bring some hookah too. All right. So 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 Bronx. So- yes. I don't live in nice places like y'all, all right? Don't you, don't, don't you judge me. <laughs> Still, there's a reason why I drink out of red cups. I don't want to wash dishes. No, you're trying to relive. Uh, oh, 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 was that a shot? Hold on, man. Was that a, was that a shot? <laughs> That's allergies. That's why you drink it out of a red cup. But you need to know you, you are what? old. Who old? You old. You older than I'm, me. What you talking about? You older than me. That's a lie. 
All right, you guys. I, I really enjoyed you guys tonight. Um, I, I mean, yeah, because y'all be lying about your ages and acting years anyway. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, it is what it is. Whoa. Just be stretching the truth. That's all. Just stretching the truth. It is what it is. Ronald, this has been your fifth 27th birthday. I'm sick of it. So, anyway, you guys, I, I, I enjoyed you all. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sick about it. All right, then. Here, Ronald. I'm over it. <laughs> yo, y'all stupid. I'm over it. <laughs> and this is what happens, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, when, when, when we all get together. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. All right. Nah, but I appreciate y'all, Kings, yo. Right. Appreciate y'all, man. All right. Most Peace. definitely. Most definitely, man. Love y'all, man. Love y'all. Love. Peace.